This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Onward. Excelsior, good friends! Oh, boy. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review... Then jump back to other film movie topics. This is episode 398. 398? 398? We're pretty close to this 400. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting there. We should probably, we should probably discuss what we're going to, you know, the format of this 400 show for our top 10 of the decade. Yeah, that's, that seems like a good idea. But yeah, for, before we get to that, though, for episode 398, we're talking Onward, the latest film from Pixar, the first of two this year. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're doing. And uh, joining us today to talk onward, we have, from Endor Express, the newest member of the Pixie Dusters biker gang. It's David, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> David, how, how, are you, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm a little I mean, razzled. I mean, this is behind the scenes, but uh, I, I'm running a little late. So, But I'm here, finally, so things are good. Hey, hey, it all worked out. You made it. You made it. <laughs> you know. That matters. But uh, no, glad to have you back here. It's been—I had to look this up. It's been since uh, Ab- *Abominable* that you were last here. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, since the summertime. Yeah, that was a while ago. This was, yeah, this was, that was September. <laughs> it, was, it was a little while back. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you're you're finally back. We'll talk about a new Pixar film. We'll get into all that. But first, let's get to some uh, some show notes real quick here. First up, Abe. It's, yes, uh, we've been doing this for now officially nine years. I know. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long, long time since uh, Battle L.A. Battle L.A. with <laughs> our first know, episode. everyone's favorite RV Dent. Yeah. Remember, don't you love how we just always talk about Battle L.A.? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Neo's best movie. I, you know, I Neo's best movie. <laughs> I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised right now if people are like Battle L.A. What is that? And they're like, and then they're they're also convinced that's one of two alien invasion movies that came out ten years ago. And then they're looking like, which one is it exactly? And then they're like, oh, I remember that. It was a movie that I saw. Maybe. <laughs> I think all of that ran through their mind as we said Battle L.A. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's your most favorite PlayStation 2 game yeah, on yeah. the screen. <laughs> but yeah, that that yeah, it's it's uh, nine years later. That's where we're at now, and fittingly Eesh. we're fittingly we're getting to our fourth episode. It's all kind of run around each other, pretty. Uh, eh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, that was certainly planned. We're like we're gonna get 400 episodes in to nine years. We were from now. we were trying to get it on the summer solstice and have like a you know a weird like uh, midsummer thing, but. Yeah, it's all good. You can't win them all. That's what that's what us. <laughs> that's what some people say. Well, skull to everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what the boyfriend said right before the uh, the whole place burned down. He was like, "Well, you can't win them all." And then he winked at the camera, <laughs> and then the fire started. <laughs> Immobilized in his bear suit, he just winks. <laughs> yeah. It's it really gets pretty zany at the end there, you know. <laughs> Uh, what else? Let's get what other show notes. <laughs> you mentioned this, but yes, our 400th episode is coming up. We do plan to do a best of the decade episode, which I think should be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that in a, in a few weeks. Um, what else? New commentary track. It is March. Uh, we have not done our commentary track yet, but that's going to change uh, this very week as we're going to be discussing Crouching Tiger, comma Hidden Dragon. That's right. Um, in honor of a, a new Wuxia film coming out. And the revelation last month during our witness commentary what, chat. What'd you, what'd you call it? A wuxia film. 
Okay. What do you think I said? I, I, I wasn't sure we were trying to pronounce Wushu. No, that's ridiculous. Okay. I'd say Mushu for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> not in the movie. No, not in the movie. Not in Mulan, which has nothing to do with Crouching Tiger, except for the fact that it deals with China and it has Wushu elements in it. But anyway, what I was saying is also, also we were talking during our witness commentary last month, we realized we haven't done too many like foreign language films besides Godzilla, the one that we've done. Uh, so we're like, oh, let's change that. Let's change that around. Let's, mm-hmm. let's add one more in there. So it all kind of worked out. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. And yeah, that's going to be up on iTunes and, you know, along with all of other shows. And speaking of which, you can uh, give our show a, a rating and review. That'd be super helpful. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for our silly program out now there and Abe, give us a star rating and uh, maybe even write a little something or something. That'd be great. Yeah, help give us all the reviews. Yeah, exactly. All of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on from this. Let's get to some know everybody. We each week ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to no everybody. everybody all right i have a question for you guys get it what do you have a favorite fantasy creature or what would you be i guess if you could be a fantasy creature what would i be like are you talking about beast of burdens like a unicorn or something else like an I, elf or dwarf yeah any number yeah something you would find in this movie something i'd find in this movie I mean, if I'm going to be running my own little Chuck E. Cheese, the Manticore sounds pretty cool. I mean, the Manticore <laughs> sounds pretty cool, regardless of if you're running a Chuck E. Cheese or not. This is true, <laughs> yeah. If anything, it's probably cooler not running a Chuck E. Cheese, but... Uh... <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. You know, this might be helpful if you sent us the questions in advance so oh, we I'm could so... actually come up with an answer. <laughs> David, you've done this show a number of times now to know that we do not try to prepare our guests for things like this. This is tough, though. This is, uh... Where, you, what, what, where's your head at? Where are you running between? Uh, uh, I mean, I guess like a dragon or something. I don't know. It's okay. You just say a dragon. <laughs> That's what I to say. <laughs> yeah, but am I like, um... Am I a Benedict Cumberbatch dragon? Or am I... Like, you know, like brainless. Am I a Pete's dragon? So, like, are you furry or are you like. Wait, is the brainless part of Pete's dragon? (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to put more thought into it. I didn't want to just, like, yell at dragon because Pete's dragon, is he invisible? Can he go invisible? Yeah, he cloaks. He can. Yeah, he He cloaks. Yeah, he's got a cloaking device. Okay. His ship's not too small for that. I should have added him into uh, into the game from last week. He has a really good, really big invisibility cloak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take that, Deathly Hallows. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a wizard now, Harry? <laughs> See, apparently Robert Redford, he's the one that had the cloak. Uh, well, David, are you going to be a dragon then? Sure. Okay. Sure, why not? Manticore dragon. Aaron, what are you? <laughs> a griffin. A griffin? Yeah. Okay. A griffin door? No, that's stupid. <laughs> just, just all a the potterheads are going to be very upset at us well they they can help puff their way out of my out of my chambers oh. <laughs> well, we well they're going to raven claw right back i don't know <laughs> they're just going to slither in um let's 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 move on i'm gonna take that uh, i'm gonna double that slow it down so we'll make sure to hear that one they're gonna slither in uh question for you guys what are you guys naming your trusty, dusty car slash steed? Oh, the Blue Bullet. That's my car. The Blue Bullet. Yeah. Yeah. And this that's the actual enough. name for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like, call my car that very often, but, like, I do think of it as the Blue Bullet. Like, Bullet the Movie? Yes, Bullet the Movie with Steve McQueen. No, I just... With Steve McQueen? 
David, are you naming your car Guinevere too? No, it's not a van. <laughs> That's the reason. With a dope <laughs> sign of your brothers. <laughs> I actually didn't name this car. I I named all my previous cars, but oh. I didn't name this car. I just I didn't. didn't I it really didn't have a. It didn't have a personality. My first. My very first car was a Volvo station wagon, and it was – everyone it. just said it was – this drives like a tank. And I was like, yeah, it feels like I'm driving a tank. So I called it the Mobat, which is the motorized battle action tank from G.I. Joe. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Bad. Now, what about you? I don't, I don't name my cars either, but if I were to choose a name for my car, I'd call it something like Ryan or Gene. Gene. Uh, you know, G E N E. Oh, yeah, I got it. Gene. It's my car, Gene. <laughs> what like... color is your car? It's red. So, not. No. Okay. That if it was like gray, then like, 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 it's Gene Gray. Or like Rooster. <laughs> rooster? What, who can... Red the fire truck from Cars. From Cars? That's yeah, nice you know, pull. the, the other Pixar that. movie. We're talking about Pixar, aren't we? Oh, we're totally talking about Pixar all the way through here. What what did they what did they call the brontosauruses in the good dinosaur? Cat they were just cowboy hurdlers wrestlers. No, those are the T Rexes. Oh, okay. Yeah. The T-Rexes. Get your dinosaurs straight. <laughs> you're asking your me to, you're asking me to remember the good dinosaurs. So I mean that's that's a stretch, right? Do you there. remember the name of the dinosaur, Aaron? The main character. Again, you're asking me to remember the good dinosaur. His name is Arlo. Okay, great. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> David if, knew this. And if he says mama one more time, I'm going to clock him. I remember he, like, scraped his <laughs> knees or something, right? That's a part of the thing. Did he scrape his knees? Yeah, didn't he get hurt? Because a... it's so real. Yeah, I mean, that movie there was, was a going giant for... flood. Because <laughs> that movie was going for, like, a weird photorealism. So I remember he gets, like, beat up going through the water and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But his dad was fine, right? Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um... <laughs> I think that's the main pressure point of the movie is that his dad's yeah. Well, yeah. that was a great recap of the good dinosaur. Yeah, thank uh, you. And that was... <laughs> it it was spot on. But um, that's how you play. No, everybody. No, everybody. <laughs> is the, is the, is the human's name Spot? Yeah. Okay, Don't you right. know Good Dinosaur? David, I know <laughs> this is like your third or fourth favorite Pixar movie, so I'm sorry that we just haven't no. really watched it in, in time for you. It is not. And it's funny enough that you mentioned it because somebody borrowed my Good Dinosaur and they haven't returned it, and I don't know who it is. So that's one <laughs> That's one Pixar movie I know I no longer have. I heard that three ways. <laughs> like One is that they borrowed your copy of the film. Then I thought, well, wait, does he have a toy of it? And then I'm like, wait, does he have an actual Good Dinosaur? And then, and then I got confused. I wouldn't be surprised if David had a, an actual It was a Blu-ray. No, I don't have an actual toy of the good dinosaur. I have or, the Blu-ray. Or an actual okay. dinosaur. You didn't like get into that Jurassic Park auction? No. You weren't one of the rich people in the Modesto? <laughs> <laughs> Is that where they held no. the auction? They're up in like the nor- Northern California. So They're not in got... Modesto. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the plot of Fallen Kingdom? Where yeah. you're bidding yeah. on dinosaurs? I feel like when I say dinosaur auction, there's only so many ways you could go with that. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't in Modesto, yeah, was it? Yeah, that was it? not in Modesto. Where was but it, also, then, guys? Another, Tell me. another dinosaur that can go invisible. I should have added that to the game last week. Oh, yeah. Mm. The, the, well, no, that was in Jurassic World, not Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. The, oh. the Indomitus Rex. Mm-hmm. Cooler, yeah. as B.D. Wong calls it. 
Who would have thought? I mean, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I mean, we're gonna. You have your fallen kingdom knowledge, and I have my good. <laughs> so I don't know what's worse. <laughs> They're equal in weight. Let's get let's get some outdoor quickies. Damn. Each week now we make the quickies. That's trademarked. Yep, it was. Abe, you weren't here last week. What What did you think of the Invisible Man? You know, I think the Invisible Man is pretty good. I, I don't know if it's perfect, but it's pretty good. And I, I do like the way that they set everything up. So from with regard to the characters and how, you know, it's not uh, some scientist that goes a little bit haywire. It's actually you're you're following the victim of domestic abuse and how she's being tormented by somebody who wants to continuously abuse her. Um, as the story goes along, you I think that there's really good sound design in this movie. I actually think that there's actually some pretty cool cinematography in this movie as well. There's, there's a part where she has to... Uh, scream at somebody in her house and it has like this the ceiling 360 type situation uh-huh. pretty neat but i think the the ending could have been a cool wtf moment and i think that they they may have I, I do like the the sense of empowerment at the end there but at the same time i was thinking to myself oh maybe there's something else here that i wasn't noticing the entire time and uh it would have been very neat to to have a an, an interesting like i guess whodunit uh toward the end but uh, come second, so it's a little long too, but at the same time, it's it's pretty solid for what it is. Yeah, we were pretty effusive in our praise last week. Although what you're getting at is something I was kind of hinting at too in my thoughts on the end, where I do think it's satisfying, but more in an inevitable sort of sense as opposed to a surprising sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I do think the movie's quite solid. It sounds like you do too. So you know, there you go. Yeah, it's solid. Do you um, see I saw else? a few other things. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen a few other things too. I saw I saw a portrait of a lady on fire. Um, and I think it's good. I think it's it's uh, certainly deliberate in pace and tone. And I, I certainly like the way that the third act sort of unpl- or plays itself out and really makes you feel strongly for these two characters. And you, you sort of feel the um, the ultimate demise of like this this passionate relationship that they might have had. Um, I certainly felt uh, that the last scene is it's probably the strongest scene that I've seen in a long time where there's just um, it's a callback to something that they do in the movie. But you're just desperately hoping for this person to look at the the camera, which is then the uh, reverse shot of the other character, and just, it just doesn't have doesn't happen that way. But strong performances, strong directing. Um, I think if you liked uh, some other movies that are sort of in this wheelhouse, then you'll like this one as well. Um, I also watched Yesterday, which is had you not seen Yesterday. I haven't seen it in full. I finally watched it in full. I was like lying in bed sick and it was, it's a good movie in terms of movie making. I think I liked the plot and I I liked how they, they went around it. I kind of don't like how they pulled it off toward the end there because I thought to myself, well, if this is going to go a different way, this is completely fun and cool. And if it doesn't go this way, then it's, it's not, it's not my favorite, but I also don't see how this works out. Um, and a lot more edge here than I thought there was going to be in this yeah, movie. I think he's he's actually, almost like he's fine in it, though. I didn't he's fine in it, but I was like, wow, there's a lot of edge here in here. I thought I, it was going to be a cameo appearance. It, it's uh, weird because I think the movie is it's good while still being very disappointing. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. Again, the movie making <laughs> of it is not bad, right? I mean, the movie it's making Danny of Boyle, it is like it and like, like Boyle, I like it looks him, great. Himish yeah. Patel and what's it, Lily Collins. Like, they're Lily, good. They're, yeah, good. Yeah. they're good together, but it's like the movie's just has a great idea and does very little with it. I mean, the actors are, the actors are doing pretty well and the singing is good and, and all, but then again, the, the ending is like where it trips up because 
you know, a relationship is ended, a new one sprouts, and it's like, I don't think it's really that simple, and and then there's these two characters that sort of know something about Hamish Patel's character, and when you find out what it is, it's just like, this is, this was disappointing, um, but it is what it is. And then I, I rewatched Zodiac as well, because I was listening to a commentary on it, and I wanted to rewatch it. I'm still uncomfortable, I'm, I still feel very uncomfortable about those those two scenes with the Zodiac killer. Uh, but everything else is just like, wow, this is solid, like dark, deep noir from, uh, uh, uh what's his face? Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah. Finchy. Um, so Zodiac, if you, ha- if you have some time to see it, check it out. It's on Netflix. And I mean, speaking of movies that are the best of the decade, if we were making a movie, if we're making the best of the decade list for the two thousands, that'd be pretty high on mine, but um, mm. it's <laughs> Zodiac uh, rules. Um, all right. David, what other movies have you seen recently? I saw for the first time Aquaman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's, it's everything in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you watch it with like, the family? Was, was it a family b- movie? No, I watched it by myself. Uh, okay. the, the thing I didn't, the one thing I didn't like about it, uh, not a lot was dislikable, but the... They all seem to say Aquaman. <laughs> this, is, this is not what I saw coming, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of bothered me a little bit. Or maybe it was in the behind the scenes and James Wan always said Aquaman. Well, he's Australian. Just, he's got an accent. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it's no, it's Aquaman. But anyway, I thought it was pretty decent. All right. And then I saw Togo, which oh. is the... The good version yeah, of Call of the Wild. Over. Yeah, move over, Balto. <laughs> on a sled of lies, that that dog. A sled of lies. True. <laughs> Togo yeah. with uh, Dofo. Yeah. yeah, he brings the sandwiches, and uh, he's the real deal. I like it. Well, very cool. No, I, I like yeah. Togo quite a bit. I, I, I'm looking at Call of the Wild, which... I was not a fan of and thinking, well, here's an easy movie you can watch at home on Disney Plus. That's much better. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very simple movie. There's not a lot going on, but it's it's a, it's well done for its simplicity. And the dog you know, being they're... real is a nice plus. Like, yeah, yes, <laughs> it's a I nice mean, Disney they had to plus. Shoot, they had to shoot Call of the Wild like underwater with all. I mean, you can't have a dog do that. Yeah, but I, I don't yeah. also have to suffer through a bad-looking dog either. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't terrible. No, but like I just that was my main issue. I just couldn't connect with sure. this dog. So. Sure. Yeah. Maybe it, so. It, it should have been an all animated. Basically, if you're gonna do an a CG dog, then you need to animate the rest of the movie. Yeah, they should have should, should have Polar Express the Call of the Wild. You have Harrison oh, Ford. Have Harrison Ford play all. Yeah. Just hear me out. Harrison Ford, famously agreeable and never grumpy, should have played all of the parts in the movie. That would have been... And, and it would be choice. Secret Life of Pets, Call of the Wild. Could you imagine him doing press for Call of the Wild if he played all of the parts? <laughs> like he's just, <laughs> and he's like going around showing clips of him playing every single character, including the other humans. He's like the next... He's like the new Eddie Murphy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I uh, play everything. Uh. All right, I've seen a few things I'll get into. Uh, first up, I saw the, the two of the other new releases this week. Uh, the Way Back is with Ben Affleck. It's from director Gavin O'Connor, um, part of his, the, the latest entry in his I Direct uh, Restrained Sports movie dramas. 
um, following Miracle, which Anna and I just watched uh, today, actually, which I had not seen since like 2004. Still quite good. Kurt Russell killing it in that movie. Um, but yeah, this one, the way back, Affleck plays a basketball coach who is an alcoholic. Well, he's not even a basketball coach. He's an alcoholic who gets recruited to become a basketball coach. He was a good player back in his high school days. Now he's just kind of, he has reasons for why he's so kind of downbeat that the movie gets into eventually. I uh, I think this movie is pretty good. Uh, Affleck's very good in it, and I think O'Connor, much like with with uh, Warrior, like he has a, he does a good job of relying on the characters to do the work. Like there's not a mm-hmm. lot of flash in the movie. Like it's very much it holds back from being more than it needs to be. It doesn't rest on the cliches of a sports drama. I think even less so than the other sports movies he's made. Um, I mean, the basketball stuff in it, where he becomes his coach and tries to help this loser team uh, be better, that's really just like the middle of the movie. Like, it doesn't, it's not like the overall aspect of the film, which I actually found to be kind of neat. Like, it's, the movie's not reliant on like one major game at the very end to be like, this is what's going to happen and then we'll all be good again. Like, it actually has a good story to tell outside of the fact that he's coaching basketball. Um, And it works as like, just like a good, like, not that like the the R rating is the pivotal need of what an adult film is, but like the fact that he like just he's he's swearing at kids because he like has his reasons to, and it's it fits. It feels like a good like adult drama that's made for like a certain audience to see that I wish did better because it's not it's flopping because that's what movies do that aren't based off comic books or whatever these days. Um, we'll have a we'll have a swing back the other way. <laughs> we'll see. Well, um, question for you. Yeah. How's the basketball action? Is it is it actually good basketball action or is it a lot of cuts and editing? Uh, I wouldn't say the like the portrayal of basketball is like heavily cut. It's just there's not much of it in the film. Right. Um, I, in the what, I, I think it. I think it it's effectively made when it needs to show those scenes in the same way that I think warrior and miracle show those scenes. Like the, it's not about the mechanics of basketball so much as it's, it's showing a, a, you know, a random audience member. These are the things that matter and how you can follow them. And I think it does. Yeah. I I get it. Yeah. I was just curious about like the actual basketball action itself. Yeah. Like there's not a ton of it, but when you show it, like you get the, you get what's going on. So, Mm. so like anyone can follow it. Um, but no, it's, it's well, it's well done. Well acted. Good drama. Um, I also saw First Cow. This is the latest film from Kelly Reichart. This is I really like this movie a lot. Uh, it's folk. It's set in the frontier days. It focuses on two characters that kind of run into each other and form a friendship. They get to a town that where a wealthy landowner has just brought in the first cow, and they eventually decide to start kind of going out at night and taking the milk from the cow and making baked goods and then selling them to everybody. And that's all I'll say from there, because the plot's pretty slow in how it unfolds. It's more, it's more because that like that happens like an hour into the movie, so it's like there's only so much good. It's pretty simple in that way, which is most of Kelly Reichardt's films to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's well performed. It's well shot. It has a very, it has a deliberate pace for sure. But it's very, it's very inviting and in, like wanting you to like just take in the nature and how they're like what they're shooting, what they're showing you, how the characters react to things how vulnerable they seem in this environment and what have you i think there's just a lot going on here that i really enjoyed about the film from kind of this character drama perspective and it's also quite like it has its own like quirky sense of humor to it so it makes it i think more for a reichardt film more fun than most of her films um okay. and it ends really well i was really really like how it's i mean it's also got a great title oh yeah first cow for first sure. cow yeah you would think that it's a movie about you know the cow becoming president yeah exactly 
I mean, there's a joke there, but I won't get into it. Let's move mm-hmm. on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The the next film I saw, which is on Netflix now, it's Spencer Confidential. This is the latest Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg collaboration. Their fifth, if I'm not mistaken. The last one, Mile 22, was horrific and one of my least favorite films of that year. This is not quite that bad, but it's not good. It's a bad movie. I, I'm not surprised that it just kind of ended up on like Netflix. It was like, why is this here? Um, it's based off a series of books that were originally adapted into an 80s show called Spencer for Hire. Uh, Mark Wahlberg plays like an ex-cop who just got out of jail. He teams up with uh, Winston Duke's character, Winston Duke from uh, Black Panther and Us. Um, mm-hmm. He's an ex-con as well, and they're they're kind of like they're not private detectives, but like Mark Wahlberg's just trying to like solve a case involving a cop, and things go from there. It's set in Boston, so you know accents galore and all that. Uh, the, the movie, it's just it's very it feels like inessential as well as like who cares? Like it's just like it's like why is why is this here? Like ideally, I guess they're like, oh, we'll team up and we'll make a movie, and then we can make like yeah. sequels to this or whatnot. But it just feels we keep so... on we can yeah we keep on talking about like the Netflix thing and how we we got to talk about when movies go to Netflix and who's editing them. We haven't gotten there yet, but this is, seems like another case of it. Like it just yeah like a it's... Six Underground right where it's like well, Michael well, Bay, the... you're doing some cool stuff here, but you definitely need an editor, and this is why a major movie studio probably wouldn't have publish this well, even six underground though feels like a michael bay film like i get what he's doing it does sure. I, I think it's his best effort but i still think he, like he made the mo- exact movie he wants to make this just feels like why did we do this like why is this here because <laughs> yeah, i paid me 90 million dollars because i generally like later. peter berg and i like him and Wahlberg together for the most part i like um uh deep water horizon and patriots day lone survivors whatever but the action's fine and that yeah mile 22 is horrific but like this is just like why why did you guys do this like there's like because Wahlberg seems checked out he just seems like he's he's playing like the worst kind of character the kind who's like always right and that's not a good Wahlberg the the kind of Wahlberg you like is the one that is in over his head like that's the good Wahlberg that's the that's the fun version of him here he's just like he's super confident all the time. It's like that's not fun anymore. I, I don't like that Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Mark Wahlberg that he wants to portray as his real life persona, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's that's why it stands out because like you're not trying, you're just playing this like slick version of yourself. The only the only time that works is The Departed. That's the only time that's but that's because he's a support <laughs> he's a supporting character in that movie. He's not the lead, yeah. so it works. He's also he, got he, some funny funny lines. He does, and you, so you but you get him in small doses, not sure. the whole movie of him. That said, Winston Duke, very good. <laughs> I like him, like, because you know, between this Black Panther and us, it's like give this guy more movies. Like he's doing it's a great job. a thousand. Yeah. So, also, Bokeem Woodbine was in this movie, so I'm like, oh, a big hit reunion between Wahlberg and Bokeem Woodbine. So that made me like, happy. But um, two thumbs up. Yeah. Exactly. I'm Bokeem Woodbine. I'm Bokeem Woodbine always. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Spencer Confidential. Not very good. All right, okay. that's out of quickies. Trademark. Let's move on now. Let's get some trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. We got a couple this week. First up, we're talking the next Pixar film, Soul. This is the latest film from uh, Pete Docter, who previously did mm-hmm. Inside Out. Uh, we'll get to David's thoughts on that in a second, I'm sure, as well as Monsters Inc. and Up. Uh, this one concerns a middle school teacher, voiced by Jamie Foxx, who things happen to him, and I guess we, we start interacting with his soul as well as another soul, uh, voiced by Tina Fey. There's a lot of other people in here, there's a lot of jazz in here. I like the look of this. I like how it's going. Where, where are you at, David? Where are you at with Soul? Well, it's. I think it's it's too early to tell, really. But sure. Pete Doctor has good ideas, but I think I'm 
Mostly, I think if I look at his entire track record, I I find his movies entertaining, but I find them the most difficult to praise, if that makes any sense. Like the the most of his movies are everyone just loves them, but I I really did not like Inside Out. I like half of Up, and I think Monsters Inc. was the only movie that was a like a runaway success, in my opinion. So Soul, I really need to see more of it because I know that any Pixar movie, the trailer usually doesn't tell you the full story and they're trying to hide something from you. So I need to see a lot more of where this is going. But any generally any Pixar movie, like I will go like, yeah, I'll see that. Like whatever question they ask you in, in the teaser trailer. Is usually something like, yeah, okay, all right, you, you got my interest, I, I, I'm down. But uh, it's usually how they pull it off that uh, changes when you actually see the movie. It's funny because, like, I and I don't dislike or however you want to phrase it, his Pete Doctor's other movies, Up and Inside Out, as much as I believe you <laughs> kind of do. But I, I kind, I agree with you as far as. I'm not over the moon about them in the way that many others are, because I know like Inside Out has a huge like following and up. People really like to forget that there's more than the first ten minutes. But um, I, <laughs> I, I and I do like Monsters Inc. quite a bit, but it's not like my favorite. But at the same time, just looking at this premise and this voice cast and the like the the visual design of the world that we're seeing and the, just the use of jazz, like all of that's like intriguing to me in a way where the Pixar trailers. You're not wrong. Usually, they feel like they're both holding back, and they also always always feel disjointed and bad for the most part. Like, there's rarely a Pixar trailer where I'm like, "Oh man, that's the reason I'm seeing it because of how they made this trailer." It's more because I just like the brand of Pixar. So, in the yeah, case, yeah, uh-huh. no, I was just, uh, I hate, I hate to cut you off, but the back in the early days, they always Pixar always made a teaser trailer specifically made for the teaser trailer for. Uh-huh. And it basically kind of told you the the theme of the story, the feeling of it, without really giving you anything in the movie. It was made exclusively exclusively to sell the movie. And if you look back to the original Toy Story, the original Monsters Incorporated, the original Finding Incredibles, Nemo, yeah. yeah, and it, it they gave you something that was a flavor of the movie without telling you what was really going on in the movie. And I, I really like those. And now they, they, there was a point of time where they stepped away from it. And I think they need to get back into that. Yeah, well, as far as it stands here, I'm into what they're selling me. I hope it delivers. But Abe, where are you out of soul? I'm right there with you guys, too. I mean, I like the look of it. I'm not really sure where it's going to go because it's sort of teasery on that level. But to David's point, I certainly do get a sense of where I think it's going to go. Um, and I remember back to like a Monsters, Inc. trailer a teaser trailer like way way back there where it was just the two of them like falling out of like a closet and you didn't know what was going to happen in this movie like you knew that it was billy crystal and and john goodman but i didn't really see anything else other than a few doorknobs and them coming out of the closet um but for this one yeah the the sound of it the look of it the design of it looks great i mean the the question that is on a lot of people's minds especially as my as my as i entered and exited my my late 20s was you know, what are you doing that that is super, uh, what, what super like invigorates you in life? I was like, yeah, sure. This existential question is, is an interesting question to have here. But are you going to have enough to pull it off? And we'll see. I mean, 
Aaron, you mentioned the jazz, and I do love when people incorporate jazz in movies, uh, especially like something like if you watch this anime called Kids on the Slope. Uh, I imagine, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really cool anime, like 13 episodes, all just about the kids growing up and loving to play jazz. But we'll see how this all, this movie goes. I, I am curious because I do love that cowboy dance, but aside from like cheap laughs, um, <laughs> I do want to know. I do want to know uh, how this movie is, is going to play out. Speaking of like teasers that aren't in the movie but just kind of give you a feel of it the the worst slash best example of that and it's not pixar it's that jerry seinfeld movie b movie because they were just that it was just him and chris rock in b costumes <laughs> i'm thinking this should be the entire movie <laughs> like the, the yeah b, you'd b, rather watch that i would because we, that b movie got. that b movie was horrible like it's 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 the worst thing and then this but they're watching these two in b costumes like make this the movie like this is what it should be like who would who wouldn't see this uh, <laughs> anyway soul hits theaters uh june 19th uh, our next trailer is for connected this is the latest film from sony pictures animation and mm-hmm. it has uh, producers phil lord and christopher miller involved it tells the story of a family going on a road trip and you have danny mcbride as the father who is frustrated with his children for always being on their screens, a bunch of other stuff, and then a robot invasion. You know, one of those stories. So with all that in mind, <laughs> Abe, where are you at with uh, Connected? Connected, I, I really love the way that Sony Animated Pictures is starting to, to do their movies. It looks like a different – it's not a different style of animation. It just looks different from when it, you've seen it in 3D rendered animation from Illumination or Pixar or whatever the case is. It's got, like, its own little flavor, which I, I really appreciate. And – Great. I mean, the plot, we'll see, because I'm a huge fan of Phil or Chris Miller. I think Aaron is, too. Um, Sony has done a great job finding these guys and putting them into contract, because ever since Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs came out, it's been fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, everything that they have made, uh, I've really, really enjoyed. Um, still up in the air about how I feel about Solo, but... Uh, I'm excited uh, for I this I don't believe their names sure. are on the director's credit for that movie. No, they've, <laughs> so got, they've got EPs, EP credits, though, right? I mean... Yeah. And maybe story credits, but not writing credits. David, where where you have connected? I think it looks pretty good. It's solid. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a solid teaser. It kind of gives you a little bit of what it's about, and you could kind of understand that it's like there's a there's definitely a disconnect connect disconnected. Um, <laughs> and today, in the generation of like kids with who are grew up with phones, and the other older generation that adapted to phones and uh and i think we've seen it been done in different ways but not you know not uh, a full feature about it so i'm I, i'm interested in where it's gonna go the whole robot thing uh <laughs> that's kind of out there but i i think that's part of the whole like hey we're a family and we're gonna get through this together kind of thing so it's almost i want to say it's predictable but i i want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to surprise us yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, that you know, that's what comes with years of surprising us in these movies from this team, Phil and Lord. So, sure. I mean, Phil, yeah, Chris Lord, Phil Miller, yeah, yeah. Chris Miller, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, Phil Lord. <laughs> that's, yeah, and I, and I, incredibly I know, close and uncomfortably loud. <laughs> I I know you don't mean to do this either. I but I like not to put like put out director Mike Mike Rianda and the right sure. the other writer Jeff Rowe. But like the idea of Lord and Miller being on this just makes me more excited than I might have been if you just told me there's a film about like 
how people are addicted to their screens. It's like, yeah, all right, that's that's a pretty well worn theme at this Wally. point. Uh, yeah so it's like all right we're still we're doing this now but like the fact that they're involved like and just yeah obviously the the jokes going on here it's certainly hitting the kind of sensibilities that i really appreciate about cloudy for chance of meatballs and the lego movie and what have you so like yeah give me give me more of that i i look forward to it and yeah to speak what you're saying about the animation abe i mean i think it looks i like how it has the same kind of character designs as uh, spider-man into the spider-verse minus the kind of layering that gives it that comic book feel like it's still like model like character model wise it has a similar kind of aesthetic and um it is like you know it's unique into itself in the same way that yes illumination and pixar like they have you know what you can tell what studio these are coming from based off those designs uh i'll be curious what we talk about when we talk about onward as far as how far that goes but i mean yeah i mean there's a there's a there's a there's like a house brand that seems to come with this, and along with the fact that it goes from being about screens to robot invasion, I'm I'm all for seeing what that is and how funny that's going to be, which I hope it will. So, uh, Connected hits theaters September 18th, uh, later this year. So there you go. Oh, nice. All right. Well, that's our trailer talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Onward. Happy birthday, Mr. Adult Man! Oh, Mom. Black and gross. What was Dad like? His beard was scratchy. He had a goofy laugh. I wish I'd met him. I have something for you from your dad. It's a wizard staff. I wrote this spell so I could see for myself who my boys grew up to be. This spell brings him back. Back like back to life? She wanted to meet you more than anything. Bowie, Tooth of Zadar! How did you... I don't know, it just started! Hang on! Dad? Just don't talk, Bart! That should have been some of the trailer for Onward. This film is set in a fantastical world that serves as a parallel to our society, so while things like magic and centaurs exist, it's a time that also includes minivans and iPhones. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt star as elvish brothers who have a chance to bring back their deceased father for a day. Things don't go as planned, leading Ian and Barley as well as the lower half of their dad on a road trip to bring back the rest of him. Things seem to be getting out of hand, which is enough for their mom, voiced by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, to go after the boys as well, teaming up with a manticore, voiced by Octavia Spencer, in the process. David, this is a Dan Scanlon picture. How do you think he's moved forward from his previous film, Monsters University? How do I feel? What, what, what you... No, I mean, uh, I think he really uh, he really pulled it off, personally. Do you want, me, do you want more? Yeah, elaborate. Yes, tell, <laughs> tell us how you felt about Onward. <laughs> I, I really liked it. I was surprised because the trailer looked terrible. <laughs> I don't know how you guys felt. I maybe maybe we discussed this in the past. But just to chime in real quick, I didn't think it looked yeah. terrible. I just felt it looked desperate. It felt like why are there so many onward trailers? It felt like I was getting a lot of it, and none of it looked like you need to see this. It just felt like okay, there's this is coming out, and they really want to tell us like that. That's right. the thing. Well, I felt that fo- the, the the teaser trailers or whatever trailers fo- really focused on how modern the world was, and it was that was the whole point of it. It was kind of like, look how clever we are in modernizing a fantasy world, and it really wasn't about the whole movie. Really, isn't about that. It's part of it for sure. That's the world that they live in, but that's maybe like we get through 
five minutes of that in the in the actual movie and then it really just moves on to the main story at hand and i think the teaser trailers or the trailers just kind of ignored most of what the important part of the story was probably because they didn't want to tell you how emotional it was but i so i was yeah i was really pleasantly surprised and i know dan scanlon he's this is a very personal project for him so he and I and I thought that the script was really tight. I I know maybe some people got bored in the middle, but I I didn't think it was that boring at all. It didn't sl- it wasn't slow. I thought everything that was in the script kind of came back again and nothing was really wasted. It was like everything was brought up brought in early on and reused and um we revisited or was there for a reason like a callback oh, there was a lot of callbacks to other things other parts of the movie and i thought that i thought it was really clever and i really liked it and it could have been a very normal predictable kind of pixar movie because you kind of know where it's going and i think they did a nice little uh they dovetailed around what was obvious and made it something unique and i i, I really liked it it's not like it's not going to be a t- the next Toy Story or Incredibles for me, but it's definitely in my top ten Pixar. Well, All right. Thanks. Hey, where are you at with Onward? Onward is a very, very good Pixar movie. It's certainly in the upper half of the movies, I would say. I mean, I think what I liked about it is that you saw these trailers about magic is dying out and we're in the modern world now. So how can we go on this um, kind of like throwback adventure? And you do get elements of it. I, you know, you get elements of these brothers that are elves and they have magic in the world and they have this magic staff that they've got to go on a journey to find this this quest almost. And the quest really opens up the world for you to go and check out a Magicor or check out, you know, this um, previously, uh, um, un, or I guess, a road less traveled type uh, pathway. And it's really fun in that regard. And it's fun that they introduce elements of D&D and all these like uh, fantasy type games. Um, I think what what I was kind of not really bummed out about, but I think that it could have maybe gone a little bit more into the exploration of the world beyond the city limits. And what I mean by that is that you're kind of stuck on the freeway and you're kind of stuck on maybe like two to three different places. Um, But that's kind of just the exploration of the world. Like the story itself I did like the story. I mean, I'm a huge sucker for like dad and son stories or dad and daughter stories. Like, I'm just you don't really see as many of those as you see for like mother or daughter, mother or son type stories. Um, and so whenever you see something like this, I'm just like, oh well, I'm in all the way. Um, the way that it plays out and the way that you sort of have like half a body interacting with these these kids um, is very creative. It's very fun, and I do like the way that they can uh, still expand on that in like a wordless type play out. Um, and so whenever you have something like that, that's very fun and interesting to see as the story progresses. I think that there's like one underlying story. I mean, you, you have uh, Ian's story, but there's like another, another story underneath it all that they sort of hit in the third act. I think that it could have come on a lot stronger of a desperation type movie um, about characters trying to, to finish this spell. Um, if you had been introduced to that other story, maybe earlier in the movie, um, but as it plays out toward the end, the final act there, I was really enthralled. I mean, I like the way that basically Ian has built up his repository of spells and the way that he, uh, the way that they execute on this, this action sequence at the end there was really fun. I was really engaged by it. And I kind of, it was really clever the way that they had pulled off some of the things that they did pull off. 
Um, by the end of it, you know, yes, of course, I was very emotionally attached to this movie. I like the way that it ended. I, I like the way that they they brought the characters around. But there certainly are questions in this world where I was I was uh, kind of just thinking to myself, well, it would have been cool to expand on some more of the the mysticism, the magic of it all, like other characters that are also involved here. Like, you know, like if they if they went out to like the woods and they met people that that still firmly believe in magic, you know. So it, overall, it, it's a very good movie. Um, I do recommend people to go see it. But I, I certainly had some not issues, but maybe just some nitpicks with it. I, I feel like I'm probably the least on the movie of the three of us, and that's not a bad thing because I do like the movie. I just feel like it it hit more of an average tone for me when it comes to Pixar films, mm-hmm. yeah, which is kind of what I suspected based off how they were marketing the film. I, I just I don't feel like the I don't feel like the screenplay ever hit me in the ways that it wanted to, as far as getting across the humor and the adventure aspects of it that it wanted to. Uh, particularly in that middle act, I didn't. I and I wouldn't say I found it boring necessarily, like David, you've alluded to. Like, but I, I do feel like the whatever wavelength the movie was on at that point, I just wasn't quite on. Like, I was, I was, you know, amused and I was paying attention and having a good time, but I never felt like I was getting something next level in the way some of the best Pixar films bring me to. I will say I like how it opens quite a bit. I like the kind of explanation for how a world of magic became a world that's like ours, except has things like unicorns and centaurs and what have you. Um, I like where, where that kind of brought us to. I enjoyed um, Holland and Pratt as brothers. I do think they work well together, regardless of if they recorded in the same room or not. I do think the kind of that relationship works. And I think the end is very strong, much like Scanlon's previous movie, Monsters University where I think that film ended pretty great, like for a movie that was like fine and like had a lot of laughs here and there, but was, you know, I think it ended really well. This movie similarly ends really well, despite my kind of like, yeah, all right, this is fine. I, I really like what you're mentioning, Gabe, as far as like the action that's involved, the kind of stuff that pays off, like David, you mentioned, um, that like gets us to this point and like how we understand everything that's taking place. And yes, the like emotional factor that's obviously the film is going for by the end. I, I do think it all connects really well. So it's, not as though like I, I have like any displeasure towards this movie. It just feels like I was into what they're presenting with me. I just wasn't like fully on board of thinking this is just the top tier of Pixar right now. This just it felt like all right, they're doing their thing and the jokes are there and whatnot. And there's a good cast. They're doing their thing, but overall, it doesn't it didn't quite hit like that upper echelon of the the best that Pixar has to offer. So yeah, that's where I'm at with this movie. David, I'm curious. You, you said that it's like your top. How many? What top number is it? He said top. top. Top 10. I said okay. top ten, and it's actually number ten. Okay. <laughs> Out of twenty-two Fair. films, that's yeah, not, you know, like, that's not uh, bad. Yeah, so it's you know, and you said it was like kind of your average, and if you look at the average, that's right in the middle for my list. Mm-hmm. So that that so that lines it's, up. It, it's my number lines. fifteen, if we want to be specific. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's below average. That would be below average for you. Well, no, but so, I mean, well, that's if you're counting all of the. No, I'm thinking of it like of the for for a pix for a Pixar movie. Like, there's only so many of them that I would consider to be average films, and there's maybe one or two where I'm like, oh, they tried. <laughs> but, but, but so this is so, uh, overall, this would be like above average for you, but not but barely. For like, no. no, it's it's. <laughs> Like, I will probably watch this again at some point because I'm like, yeah, all right, that's fine. But like, on Disney Plus, I guess, because that's just really easy. But, um, right. So, like, where does it, like, where does it fall in your, like, a bug's life kind of? 
I just had the list out. Let me pull it back out. I like A Bug's Life more than most. I feel. Um, okay. I don't, it's not. It's not my top ten. I don't believe. But, uh, no, no. A Bug's Life is like just right outside my top ten. I really like A Bug's Life. I think a lot of people like hate on it for some reason. But yeah, I I think I talked about it a while back when I when I got it on like Blu-ray or whatnot. Like it was like this is. Just, yeah, yeah. Bugs like thirteen for me, so yeah, okay. it's, yeah. it's right around. Yeah. Yeah. And the, but that's a yeah. good example as far as a movie that's like it's not like out of this world amazing, but it's like it's certainly enjoyable. And like I do, that's how I feel about Onward. I think I think it, it it nails what it's trying to do without without being overly impressive to me. Right. I can say. And do you guys think that maybe it's we used to look at CG movies as holy crap, this is a CG movie and. All of this looks amazing, and that was part of the allure. But then I look at it, really, like the best of Pixar movies were just solid movies, regardless of CG. Yeah, and no, that's that's how I now we're brand. just getting yeah, and now we're just kind of getting like okay, the CG is always going to look great, but does the movie live up to the CG? Like as yeah. in <laughs> good like I, good I, good dinosaur is probably a good example of that. Of the photorealism type aspect and then the story. Yeah, just it was, but, yeah. but that's then number the, 22 like, on my list, really. by the way. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Bring it back. It took, it, yeah, it took a bit of deciding, but yeah, that is my 20, my 22 as well. Uh, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying as far as like it, you know, if you have so much of this one thing, is it still special? And I mean, that's. That's a debate we've had about Star Wars lately as well. It's like, yeah, we got a lot of it. Is it still cool when it comes <laughs> out? I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But, but no, I, yeah, I think, I mean, part of why people respect, or, you know, in general, people respect the Pixar brand is because, yes, regardless of the fact that the movies look good, which is an assumption you can make, you're not going to see a bad-looking Pixar movie. The, the the fact is that their stories are so reliably good, and they get good casts, and they have, like, all the meat because they have Disney money, so they have all the means to make the best version of what story they're trying to tell possible. Not always do they succeed as far as making the best film possible, but you can go into a Pixar film generally expecting to be like at the very least entertained. Um, and, and, and that speaks yeah. to Abe and I very clearly because we're both bigger Cars 2's fan than everybody else in the world. Um, hey, hey, don't, but... don't exclude me from that one. Hey, Sorry, I, I always forget. You. I always forget that you also enjoy Cars 2 more than most. <laughs> it's um, pretty lo- It's low on the list, but I still sure. really enjoy it. I, yeah. I agree. Um, I will. I mean, I think part of that just comes from these movies are so damn expensive that you can't like afford to animate a bunch of stuff that you don't need and then cut it out later, right? So it's like you have to, like they they have to test so many aspects of these things and do so many things with tone and whatnot before they even, you know, put the money to the actual animation process. That it's that's why you know these movies are generally ninety-ish minutes, give or take. Some of these are longer. Like Incredibles two is like almost two hours. Both Incredibles are almost two hours. But well, I this mean, on, onward is a, an hour forty-three. I think. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, and I think that's that's what brings me back here as far as like I I was wanting to like this movie. Like I like like I said I liked the setup and I liked where it was going. But it just like I, I it's just in the writing I guess where like the jokes just aren't hitting me as well as they could or like the adventure aspect isn't getting me in the the mode that I feel like the film wants me to be in, but clearly, clearly it worked better for you guys. Abe, do you know what I'm speaking to? Like, do you, are you clearly you like it I, more? I do you, do you, do you did you well, respond more to like, Abe and I have souls. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is why we're going to watch Jamie Foxx's next movie. Uh, but no, I, I, I hear what you're saying with some of the jokes, but I didn't really necessarily try and parse out whether these jokes are hidden. Cause I was trying to go with where, I, I think I was more looking toward Ian and um, Barley's stories, and I was like, you know, 
I'm, I get that you're trying to set up Barley to be like this, like more like hips, hippie type. The term the movie uses is screw up. But as you start to get to know the characters, you start to really like, uh, like them much better and they start to grow on you. But as far as like the humor goes, I wasn't necessarily trying to find this to be, I don't know. I, I wasn't trying to find all the jokes about it. Well, I'm, not, I'm not trying. OK, I'm not trying to limit it to just like the fact that the comedy didn't always land for me is the reason. No, I'm, I'm just I guess I'm sure. saying more along the lines of among the elements going on in that kind of, you know, once the plot gets going, yeah, I it, th- like those things weren't all registering for me yeah. on like well, a, on a higher level, like yeah. between and, and whether, whether, saying, whether like, sorry, whether it's the humor or the adventure or what yeah. have you, all of those things were just like, okay, I'm watching this and I'm enjoying it, but I'm not like sure. feeling anything more than general amusement. Can you uh, specify humor that didn't work for you? Because <laughs> I, I'm because yeah, I, I'm just because it's not really. Yes, it's it's a fun movie, and it, but it's not a comedy. Per Again, se. I'm not I'm not saying I'm, the movie's success to me was highly reliant sure. on the fact that it had good jokes in it. It's more okay. of the stuff that it's doing is not it wasn't hitting me as hard as I know like other Pixar films have in terms of the story or the relationships or what have you. It just felt more like we're good. No, so I'm not not to dumb it down by saying going through the motions, but there was a sense of like. I've seen this kind of movie before. I know where this is going. It's not doing more than it needs to to kind of get me overexcited about the fact that we're doing this again in a new way. Yeah, and I, I can sort of um, see what you're saying because I also had, like what I said, I had issues with some of the the world building that they that they could have gone at length to create, but they kind of stuck on the the pathway of these two brothers going on this adventure, action adventure, fantasy story. And again, it would have been nice to see. You do get snippets of it here and there. I mean, you get these fairies that are these, you know, biker gang, gang and, you know, they they sort of delve into that. And they sort of, like, delve into, like, weird unicorns and how those guys have been tossed aside and become... They're rats. Almost like raccoons. Yeah, Yeah. raccoons or or rats. Um, Here's an example. I just thought of one. Sure. The biker fairies. There's a whole, like, freeway chase section in the movie. And most Pixar movies have, like, a big chase sequence. That's weird to think about, actually, now that I think about it. It's like, there's a lot of chase sequences in Pixar movies, which I guess is because it's fun and exciting to watch. And and this... most Pixar movies are buddy movies. Yeah, they are. Uh, there's a number of... Yeah, I know there's a certain formula to all these films, but, um, <laughs> but like, thinking of this chase in particular, compared to, like, other Pixar movies that have big, exciting chase sequences in them, this one didn't do much for me. It's just like, okay, they're on the road in the van, and they got to like change lanes in time and that's kind of like it like the the engine the the ingenuity of seeing like how these this biker gang made up of fairies interacts with barley in the van and all of that like it, it wasn't like as exciting as i know like other versions of this kind of sequence could be and i feel like that i i think you can apply i can apply that same kind of statement to a lot of the like key sequences in this film and I keep yeah. like now I feel like I'm being like completely down on this movie. I do like you're, this movie. You're not. But I'm just trying, I'm trying to narrow, I, I don't think David to, and I are thinking that you're like taking a dump on this movie. I know, I'm, just, I'm just trying to narrow no, down totally why. totally taking a dump on it. No, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to narrow down why it is that I'm not as excited about this movie as I was about no, other Pixar films. I, I I wonder if it's it's expectations because I I see this chase scene that you're talking about and I wasn't expecting a lot from it. I think it just because if you look if you tear down everything that's ex- extra and just like focus on what's important is that the whole scene is about him learning how to drive secretly uh-huh. 
Yeah. And and I was like, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's, yes. That was the whole point of this that that scene was to secretly teach him how to drive. Sure. Maybe. But I, I do like how that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the fun thing about this movie is that you're you're sort of waiting for them to get to a certain point, but the whole entire story is all about him completing his checklist throughout the entire movie, which is fun to see at the end there as it comes full circle. But I agree with you, Aaron, that I I'm, I wasn't exactly like, you know, it wasn't as though I was expecting anything specific out of it, but it wasn't as though it was like the most exciting thing. Cause I think back to something like, and again, my, my, my nitpicks are a little bit more toward what they could have done. And I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not, I'm not a, even an animator, but you know, when you think about something like Wally, where you have different worlds, you, he explores burnt earth and then you have the spaceship, but then they also go out into just, zero gravity space for like a really fun sequence with the fire extinguisher. You know, they, they explore these things. They, they kind of like, and that's a different director altogether, but still, you know, you could have elements of that where it's like, Hey, cool. It's fun to see them do their, their thing in this medieval slash modern world. Um, at least it wasn't like a frozen two where a cave sequence is also there. And they ultimately get nowhere with that cave sequence in frozen two, where I was like, this is a waste of time. It's kind of like, a misleading effort and they got through it very, very quickly. But well, there's um, another thing I guess is I think you mentioned this too. Like there's only it. And I know they go more places than I'm saying, but it don't, it doesn't feel like they go very far. Like it doesn't feel like well, there's too that's much. That's the thing variety. that I was bummed out about the end. It, too. it, it doesn't like, feel like there's too much variety in the types of things that they're adventuring through. It like, feels like there's a lot of them in the van or doing things around the van and the things around the van are just pretty plain. Like, yeah, yeah. they're at a restaurant now or they're at a, a 7-Eleven or whatever they <laughs> call it, but it's a uh, it's a swamp gas, which is a clever name. Uh, question for you guys on the animation. Uh, question for you guys on animation. We we have talked about this. And we kind of talked about how basically animation. We we expect Pixar to be so good at animation now. We just don't really pay attention to it. It just is what it is. Um, did you guys notice anything differently, or did you guys sort of pay attention to something that's like, oh, that's a pretty clever thing that they did there? I mean, it's rare that I. It's rare that I notice like a, when there's like a giant leap from like look at the technol how the technology is advanced to now like that stands out to me and I can't say like this one from what, what Toy Story four I can't say that this one had like this giant leap of like oh my god I can't believe they were able to do this this time around mm -hmm. in the same way that I can think of I don't know what dust in Toy Story two or fur in Monsters Inc or, or the the textures of things like moving forward like uh, and that's like not the a, that's background not the, characters in yeah in, that's not uh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's not to say that there's nothing going on here or, like, they, they should be ashamed of themselves for the lack of ingenuity. No, no, no. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I, I'm impressed with it just because, yes, on a visual standpoint, it looks as good as I expect a Pixar movie to. And when they spend, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on these things, I, I'd hope it pay off. But, uh, yeah. but, I mean, I don't know, David, were you in, were you especially impressed with any of the fantasy aspects of this movie or, like, how it, you know, all came together to put this I was out? trying... You know, like the whole time I was watching it, I was really trying to focus on and while I was watching the movie, I was trying to find things that were stand out or made this seem. And I I honestly didn't see anything. And I, I don't I'm not sure if we're going to find out what that thing is that they really put into it until they, we see like bonus features of uh, the home video. But sure. I, I think if they're trying to mask what they were really putting into this movie they did a good job because mm -hmm. i really didn't i couldn't tell i mean you could tell that it, it's quality it's like it, it's visually it's it's yeah. it's beautiful like all pixar movies are but and it does they all look better than anything dreamworks or illumination does and 
But yeah, I couldn't really think of exactly but, what, and it like, could just be textures of jean, the denim jackets. You know, it yeah, just, it yeah, could sure. just be that. You know, I, I really Which don't could, know. I mean, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like there are some like closer up shots of Ian like emoting and whatnot, and it's like, well, he's really detailed for a weird yeah. elf creature that we I think know like, doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, he like looks like, like a, he likes like a blue linguini from Ratatouille. He yes. does look like yeah. that. Yeah, does. that's yeah. perfect. They use the same. They, it's like when Disney used to use like the same like designs for all their uh, anime movies. Yeah, in he's, the 50s. he's Linguini, and like yeah. Barley is like this mix. Of, like, what if you combine Seth Rogen and uh, an actual <laughs> fat Pratt and and, and, <laughs> and Pratt and like <laughs> any number of like these kinds of comedians into yeah. one like agreeable version, and and uh, you t- and you t- Jack Black, and you take away like and Jack the, Black exactly. You take away the bong smoke that would very much come out of their van every time they open it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the two examples that I was I was kind of um, not shocked by, but I was like, oh, that's a nice design and that's a nice animation. Was the Phoenix Gym? Uh, it looks fantastic. And then the other part where like the Manticore is showing her tattoos in the car to the mom, uh-huh. and like the, the skin texture and the way that they had like the hair on the skin. I was like, that's really uh, oh, good jo- good job, Pixar. The but those are the. I liked magic in this movie. I liked how they worked magic in as on a visual level, like when they did spells and stuff with the big magic staff and everything. I, I liked how that looked. That was a cool way to display magic. Speaking of which, uh, aside from the magic, though, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus also plays a character in this movie. She plays the mom who has her own side adventure. Um, what did you guys think of that side adventure and how did it, I guess, did it come together pretty well okay for you guys? Well, that leads me. I'm going to put a question on top of your question. Sure. And because this comes down to again why I might not be enjoying this as much uh, as as I could or what have you. Do you do you feel like this movie works like as like all ages entertainment, or do you think it like it pivots more towards adults, or do you think it pivots more towards kids? I that's think gen- that's generally a, not a problem with Pixar movies. That's why I'm asking. I think I think this one runs a fine line that satisfies both in different ways. And kids will not understand some of the jokes, and they won't know that they're not understanding. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. Hasn't that been Pixar's mo though? For no, it no. Is, no, I mean, no, it, I don't yes, think they, yeah. I don't think they skew. Com- I think they do a good they job go of like, balancing for the most. Yeah, part. they don't even I go full like, childish, and they, they have like some adult humor in there too. I feel like Inside Out was the the biggest failure as far as adult versus child movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer your question, Aaron, I think that it, it I agree with David. It's almost like a fine line because I definitely got a lot of the adult stuff, and for the kids stuff, yeah. If you don't pay attention to some of the other elements of it or the the dialogue and what's being said, you don't really pick up on any of like the um, the adult humor though. And I guess I'm wondering because you asked that question about like the Louis Dreyfus and Octavia story. Spencer, yeah. and then I asked Mel Rodriguez as the centaur yeah. uh, boyfriend of the mom. Like that stuff, yeah, that clearly pivots more towards adult sensibilities because you're dealing with adult characters at that point. But mm-hmm. I don't know, because it's weird because I because I mean I generally like all Pixar movies and they're they do range. I mean yes, there's more that only that they can tilt either way, but generally you're getting an all you know a, you're getting a family entertainment movie as opposed to like one that's completely for kids like a I, I, mm-hmm. I, like, so. I think one of the takeaways from this movie that a lot of people might overlook is that it, it is treating new families like it's normal yeah you know, they have the yeah. the mom is getting into another relationship you know the dad is gone you know uh Stuff like that, I think, and they're normalizing it, which I think is helpful for a lot of families. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I definitely agree with you because when they introduce uh, 
uh, whatchamacallit, is his name Colt Bronco? Colt, Colt Bronco. Bronco. Yeah. yeah, when they introduced Colt Bronco, I was like, oh, oh, okay, so I guess the mom has moved on and, and found, like, a different boyfriend. That's cool. And it's not of those, like, an early relationship. It's They're in their, like, mid or late relationship. They're just living together, and they, they are raising these two kids, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty normal now, so I agree with David there. And there's also another, you know, I think there's been some internet controversy about, you know, uh, an LGBTQ. It's just like a throwaway line, though. Yeah, it's, it, it's, like, just, it's also just in the movie. You know, they don't really it. It is. It's just the, the reality of the world is what they're is what they're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, for the mom's story, for Julie Dreyfus' story, I I like that they actually gave her an intersecting plot line. But I just don't think that they they carried it out as as thoroughly as they could have, because that Manticore is a cool character. And then she does come to the rescue to some degree toward the end there. But they both do. They both do, yeah. Um, but I, I think that if they had, because I, I I get the feeling that they want to go for. Well, this is it's not just about Ian wanting to see his dad. It's also about Barley and also about the mom, right? Um, and I think that it, they just they dovetail Ian and Barley very very well at the end there. But I don't think they really hit on the mom as, as hard. And I think it would have been like a knockout if they if they figured out a way to do it because she just she does get into the story much more because she starts, you know, evading Colt's calls and she starts, she just says the family drama type thing going on. So I think that maybe if they had um, solidified some of that plot line, but at the same time that takes away from the main two brothers plot line too, though. So I don't know how, I guess they balanced it as best as they could. I thought it was fine because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, if we saw too much of the, the mom and Octavia spent the Monta, the Manticore, it would have taken away too much from the brothers. I would I think, agree, I, and that's that comes down again to me to, to the writing as far as if you're introducing these characters, like what are they ultimately adding? And it's not that it, it is a story about the brothers. It's about Ian and and Barley. So yeah, you can't have this kind of like dad reckoning going on that incorporates every single person. You have to do, you know, you you bat, you you put in what story you're going for. But I mean, I don't know what the solve is for that either, as far as what yeah. you're asking for, Abe. So that's I, I, you know, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a holds it back to me. And I think at the you know the end that you reintroduce the mom and Manticore in a in a much bigger way, and I think uh-huh. holding them back makes that scene more impactful than if they were really really in the movie throughout. Sure, yeah, definitely agree. And then as far as um, Cole Bronco goes, I I don't like the this is sort of like where the world is, not the world building, but just the way the world has worked. It's like why is he driving a regular car? Well, that's part of the point, though. That's part of his, his own. Explain that. That's that's part of the arc <laughs> involving most of the fantasy characters as far as how magic's gone away. That's something I, I it would have been nice to see more of, but it, you get a dose of that as far as it's not to like the Wally level of he inspires everything that he meets, which is what I love about Wally among uh-huh. other things. Um, but there is a kind of sense of you have wings, why don't you use them? You're a centaur, well, why don't you run? And that does play a role as far <laughs> no, as No, no, like, yeah. And I get all that stuff, but more just like why why did they design a car for humans for this magical world that is for a centaur? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's I mean, that's about the fantasy creatures conforming to society as opposed to the other way around or what have you. <laughs> I guess I, it, it's kinda like Monsters Inc. where there's like cars and doors and buildings for every single monster there is. But not in this world, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, as far as the world goes, this is a better movie than Bright. So I mean, it doesn't. A hundred percent. You know, it does. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me how well utilized some of these aspects are. Hundred percent. This is. It wins that battle very easily. (laughs) 
Uh, do you guys like the score for this movie? Pixar tends to have great scores. Yeah, this is uh, done by the same guys who scored The Good Dinosaur, and the score was probably the best thing in that movie. And but it's also um, it's a good it's a solid score, but it's also not that memorable. Either. Yeah, that's kind of where I walked away with it too. Where it's like, okay, it fits the mood. It, it balances the kind of we're in a fantasy world and there's epic-ish things going on, but also yeah, it's pleasant. And there's the rock and the rock and roll quest music. Mm-hmm. You know, when the van is doing all this stuff. Yeah, that that one's like a fun sequence, especially when they when they have to sort of do something with the van, or when when a Fat Brad does something with the van. That's pretty fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very capable score, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't uh, really. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no Finding Nemo. No, it, well, that, I mean, that's see, top yeah, tier. Nemo though. is uh, emotional. Yeah, yeah, this is just that, that's a, that, that was an Oscar-nominated score. So yes, it's no Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know what's going to be nominated next. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yes, uh, well, uh, you'll you'll re- I'll that's eat all the crow you want to when, when, yeah. when Onward is nominated for best score at the Oscars. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of and sort of like looking ahead, is, would this be a, a best animated movie nominee? I think so. Well, we'll see how good Soul is. I mean, that's what it'll come down to. Well, when is Soul coming out? June. Oh. Really soon. Really? Yes. <laughs> and this is all the trailers we've gotten so far? The same. That one I mean, you've already yeah. said you're going to see it. So I mean, well, <laughs> everybody's going to see it. Yeah. I mean, Pixar earned, has earned that. But, uh, but yeah, no, right. I mean, I mean, yeah. I there will be a new trailer for Soul probably before Mulan or you know Artemis Fowl because we're all looking forward to that one. Whatever. <laughs> oh, that, that trailer <laughs> looks like a mess. Um, but you know, the last thing I'll say is that I was kind of boohooing some of the the fantasy elements of them, not really world building. There are elements of it. You know, I do like when they reach an underground cave and you see all these like statues like Lord of the Rings. They do have like a nice spooky Manticore type setting, um, but it just doesn't really get as as further explored as I maybe I would have looked, liked to have had explored. So that's that. All right, David, when should people go and see Onward? I think they should go right now. Sounds pretty late, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like as soon as uh, you know. Well, I mean, when they're when they're when they're listening to this podcast, we don't know what time it is. You're sure. not wrong. Yeah. If we don't live stream, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, I think in the theaters is great. I think it's a great movie. It's emotional, but not too emotional. So if you have daddy issues, I think you're, I mean, you're probably not listening to this if you haven't seen the movie. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> have you have you guys polled your your audience? Like when they watch we, the movie versus when they listen to the podcast? We yeah, have because I think well, you yeah, might be spoiled. We a lot do of we do run a mostly non-spoiler show, so the idea is anyone <laughs> can listen at any time. Generally, yes. we say you know when you get to this part of the of the episode, pause it. You know, go and see if, the movie. You know, oh, come immediately. Come immediately. Don't do anything else but come back to the podcast to finish it because we got to get those clicks. But if yeah. this was like a terrible movie, I would love to spoil it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. Abe, when did you see this movie? You know, despite my nitpicks on it, I still think that's it's theater worthy because I do like the animation. I do think the sound design in this movie is pretty fun, and so yeah, it's a matinee for for me for a Pixar. Still movie. theater. Like, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it's still a theater, but like I don't, you know. It, you didn't oh, you hate out, it. You, you didn't hate rush out to see it right so away. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's at least it's not a dollar at the end. <laughs> it's number 15 on the list. It's it's just pretty good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was our review for Onward. Let's move on now. Let's get to Abe. What uh, what time is it here? Time for a quick Onward game here. 
little known fact, they were going to use this scene in the Valhalla sequence, but then they're like, well, it's not dramatic enough. I, I thought it was, and they rejected it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, of course, the improv theme for games. And I have a game for you guys this week. It is called Elf on the Podcast Shelf. Okay. Oh. This is Can't a series wait. of this is a series of movies that involve elves, and I'm going to read you the tagline of said movie. You have to guess what the movie is. All right, uh, sounds good. Here's the example. This one didn't actually have a tagline, but it just it's the only thing it says on the poster. Cometh soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna say yes. it's elf? the example, so it's supposed to be very obvious. Onward. Yes, it's onward. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> All right, now for the real ones. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I, I tried, there's some of these have multiple taglines, some don't, so I tried to do the best I could to make it not too undiscernible, but here we are. Thinking of all the elf movies in my cat. In my some of these are right easier now. than others. Here's the first one. And if you feel you know the answer, buzz in with your name. Just say your name out loud and then the answer. Okay. Here we go. This holiday, discover your inner elf. Abe. Abe. Elf. It is elf. Yes. You're on the board. <laughs> there you go. Here's the next one. I have two taglines. I'll read the first one. She is of the purest innocence. He is pure evil. He is darkness. Oh. I know the poster, but I forgot I the movie. I think I know this. Abe. Yeah. The Dark Crystal? Incorrect. On mm. the right track, but incorrect. Mm. Here's the other tagline. And I'm going to say blank in place of the actual name of the movie. Cause the name of the movie <laughs> All right. Tagline. This is such stuff as dreams are made of. This is blank. Oh, weird. Uh, can I take a second guess? I'll allow it. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Land, The Witch, and The Wardrobe? Incorrect. Okay. Well, this is an there's... 80s movie. It has a huge star in the lead. It's probably more notable for the character, the actor that plays the villain of the film. Yeah, I, I, I know what movie it is. I, I can't remember the title of it. I can name I can name the actress that you're talking about though. Starts with an L. Yeah, I know what it is now. But I'm gonna let David decide. Oh, I don't know. David, I'm gonna give this to you. It's got uh, it's got um, uh, David Bowie in it. Nope, you're wrong. Oh, what? <laughs> I like how I, I said huge star and it starts with an L, but it's still wrong where you have it's it, 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 it's it's legend. It's, it, oh, no, it's legend. What? <laughs> yeah, I did, uh, yeah. I would not have guessed that. Words. Right, I just I right. like how I didn't realize that it was gonna go the same way because they're they they're legend they and labyrinth they're both eighties movies with big stars that have with, star yeah, the letter L. Like, is there Wolf in Labyrinth? I don't know. Uh, it, all right. Um, as soon as you said Elf, I've exhausted all my Elf movies. <laughs> you, you might be surprised, but here we go. Here's the next one. Saving the world is a hell of a job. <laughs> Saving the world is a hell of a job. Hmm. Key in on that main word in there. Hell. Yeah. Hell. Hmm. Oh, Abe. Abe. Hellboy. You're incorrect. All right. For a good reason, <laughs> David. Do you think you might understand why? Uh, no. no. Yes, it's something about hell. I don't know. All right. It's because yeah. it's Hellboy Two: The Golden Army. I should have uh, known. Should have known. Wait, who's the elf in that? The villain is an elf. It's oh. a dark elf. Okay. I also, I didn't see the movie, so. <laughs> Here's the next one. All right. One ring to rule them all. David. David. Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Thank you for the full title. And you're Damn. Picked. 
Well, I right. forgot the colon, but I'll allow it. <laughs> Here's the next one. All right. This is a long one. Just beyond your dreams lives a secret world where every tree is home, every sound is a song, and humans exist only in fairy tales Abe. until now. Abe. Abe. It's Ferngory, the last rainforest. I mean, you forgot the colon, but I'll allow it. <laughs> Did you say Ferngory? Yeah, I know. I, I sort of swallowed and spit out saying it's Ferngully, the last rainforest. <laughs> and how do I know this tagline so well? It's because it plays in front of the VHS copy of Home Alone. <laughs> and I watch Home Alone every year, not on VHS, though. But as a kid, I watch Home Alone. There's also oh, a you're... commercial. A bad movie looks bad. You're right. old. <laughs> We're the same age. <laughs> Here's the next one. There's no tagline for this movie, but I'm just going to read what it says on the poster, and you'll you'll get it if you know. Okay. From the director of Suicide Squad and End of Watch. <laughs> also backed by Netflix. <laughs> Abe. Abe. Bright? It is bright, yes. There you go. Here's the next one. Get Enchanted. Oh, I don't I actually don't know this. There's a huge clue in that second word, I'll tell you that much right uh, now. Get enchanted. Hmm. If you take out the first word and replace it with another word, you'd have the answer. I mean, are there even elves in Ella Enchanted? You want to take a guess, Abe? Ella Enchanted? Yes, that's the correct answer. <laughs> there are elves in that movie? I've never seen it. So, you think in a fantasy movie there might be elves? I mean, I don't know. I think I'm thinking. Of, I think I'm mistaking it for the Princess Diaries. That's probably why. Okay. That, yes, that would that would be why. If you're th- if you're yeah. mistaking Ella Enchanted for the Princess Diaries, that there would be the go. reason. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Okay. The battle for Middle Earth begins. David. David. Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. That is correct. Mm, that's pretty good. Here's the next one. Okay. There's two taglines here. I'll read the first one. You better watch out. Abe. Abe? Krampus? It is Krampus. Yes. I was waiting for this one. The other one is dot 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 is coming to town. That's that's a difficult one. <laughs> and the the third one is there's a third one. You don't want to be on his list. That's a that's a good one. That's a good Is Tony Collette in this movie? Yeah, she's in yeah. Okay. She's the mom. She, yeah, she and Adam Scott. He's the mom, too? He's definitely a mom in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're both moms. Yeah. Here's the next one. I'll be surprised. I, there's two of these, but this first one amused me, so I wanted to read it. Okay. The first chapter of the Inheritance Trilogy. The Inheritance Trilogy? I guess that's the name of this book series. I don't know this book series. I mean, you will once I read, once you get the answer, but I just wanted to read that first tagline. Here's okay. the other tagline. One boy, one dragon, a world of adventure. I still don't know this. Uh, I know it, but I don't know it. I forgot. Is it I'll give Prince you a Caspian? I'll give you a hint. It sounds very similar to the name of a character in some of the other movies we've mentioned already. What? <laughs> There's a series we've already mentioned twice uh-huh. that uh-huh. has a, char- a main character in it. The title of this movie sounds very similar to the name of that character. Mm. Um, Frodo Baggins? Yep, Frodo Baggins. You got it. That's the name of the movie? Oh, perfect. It's it's called Frodo Baggins. Yeah, that's a spinoff. It's Aragon. 
Ah! Okay. Yeah, never would have guessed it. Never seen it. It's it's not good. All right. Yeah. Um, there's a tagline to this one, but it sucks. So I'm just going to read you the cast backwards until you get it. All right? What? Let's... No, read the tagline. <laughs> there was darkness. Abe, the Dark Tower. No, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> there's no elves in that, yeah, is there? There's, no, you, Zelda. there's There's just Matthew McConaughey wearing a chef's apron at one point. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm going to read you the cast. Okay, from the from okay. backwards up. Okay. Alice Krieg, Stellan Skarsgård, Kat Dennings, Adewale Akananyu Abaje, Rene Russo, Idris Elba, uh, Abe, Abe, uh, Thor: The Dark World. That that's good. Yes, you got the right one. <laughs> there was darkness is the tagline. Hey. There was darkness. Sounds good. I told you it's a bad tagline. <laughs> like, mm. Fair. And that's why it's everyone's favorite Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the last one. Abe, I believe you won this round pretty uh, well. Thank you very much. Handily yeah. here, David. It was a good, good game. You didn't, you didn't even mention the 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 elves that the the new Disney elves that like I, save Christmas. Yeah, but I didn't want to get into that. I was gonna Arthur Christmas. <laughs> That's I can't, I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I have another game. It's really quick. There's, there's only one. There's only one question. But okay. I was on. I was on thenumbers.com looking Winner up. Take some, all? What, yeah, it doesn't matter. This is just for Winner fun. Take. Okay, David, fine. You're gonna win. I was. I was looking up on thenumbers.com some like ways to make a game, and they have keywords for how they divide their movies up. And I was in the onward section, and I saw one of their keywords was "young child dealing with death of parent." That was wow. a keyword. That was a keyword to narrow down other movies. Uh-huh. So I'm going to ask you, two of the movies with the keyword young child dealing with death of parent have made $1 billion each. $1 billion? What are, what are those two movies? I mean, one of them <laughs> is be... definitely Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. No, because it did not make a billion dollars. Well, one um, of them is, is obviously Harry Potter and the and the Goblet of Fire. Really? Uh, one of them's got to be Lion King? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to name you some other keywords from each of these movies and see if you can guess it from here. Right. Lion King should be on there, but it wasn't. I don't know why. Um, because it's probably weird with the keywords and they just didn't label it for that one specifically. Here's the keywords for the first one. Okay, royalty, curses, unrequited love, hostage, animated inanimate objects. What? I feel like that last one should give it away. Uh, Sleeping the Beauty. <laughs> I'm gonna say no, all of yeah. these again, and you just think more than two seconds. Sure, Royalty, sure, sure. curses, yeah. unrequited love, yep, yep. hostage, yep, yep. animated inanimate objects. Um, hmm. animated. In- oh, a Beauty billion and the Beast? dollars. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. That's okay. The first all right. Okay. Billion dollars. Keep a that billion. Do- good job. When you say job, that, it's totally obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Here's the other one. Here's the other one. This one might be weird because of the again the the key tagline is young child dealing with death of parents. But here's yeah. the, here's, the, here's this. One. She doesn't uh, deal with I, that. Oh, so, so it's the live action movie, right? Yes, it's, it's the not live action. Oh, it, it's got to be the Babadook. Okay. Here's the next one. Government corruption, prologue, assassination, friends turned enemies, Marvel comics. Oh, uh, Captain America: Civil, Civil War. You got, you got. Uh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Death Spider-Man. of Parent is what it's categorized under. 
Well, no, it's not like it's yeah, only Tony, categorization. Tony Stark. I just, Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark. But no, I mean, I just clicked on that keyword, and those are the movies that came up. That's only two of them? Oh. No, there's more than two. I'm just, these are the two that made a billion dollars. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. <laughs> just I was waiting for that Liam Neeson movie. Well, yeah, it didn't make a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it did not make a billion dollars. What was that movie called? What, Young Child Dealing with Death of Parent? Yeah, yeah, I know, but it was like Liam Neeson plays a tree and is voicing it, and the kid has Oh, a Monster like, Calls. Yeah. Monster Calls, yeah, yeah. Well, the parent didn't die in that she's sick it's yeah it's leading to that so it's different oh (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, i'm just really now who's now who's stupid (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right that was games let's move on thank you before we get to feedback i was hoping you'd say feedback 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 feedback. yeah i was waiting for the shoe to drop i i just realized this but david the last time we were you were on this podcast we talked about the trailer for arctic dogs starring that's right, Rendog himself, Jeremy Renner. I believe you have since met Jeremy Renner. How did that go? Um, it was fine. I Rendog himself. I, 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 I was in my mind. I was thinking, should I bring up Arctic Dogs? I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't want to. So yeah, no, it was fine. He was cool. Good. Okay, good. Glad to know Rendog's on the cool train. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he's on the cool train. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now it's good to have no feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions on our page there, and the listeners gave us some answers, then they gave us some questions that we can answer. Uh, David, feel free to throw in on these as we go through them. First question we have here, who are some great movie brothers in film? Todd Liebenau, friend of the show, writes Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in Raging Bull. Catherine has Arnie and Gilbert Grape. Irene has the Blues Brothers. Alan Aguilera, friend of the show, has the Blues Brothers. And Christopher has The Accountant, The Fabulous Baker Boys, The Brothers Bloom, Thor, and Four Brothers. An out-and-out favorite on this show. They named Four Brothers already. I'm saying that, yeah, it's an out-and-out favorite. Yeah, that would have been my answer, yeah. David, any favorite Brothers movies? Uh, The Lion King? Yeah. 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 One of them them kills the other, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, in their off time that they got along. (laughs) I mean, they probably grew up as friends. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, sure we'll, you know when it made a billion dollars. I'm sure we'll see the you know the fucking Disney spinoff. Of, yeah, like, you know, young the Scar. When, I mean, uh, that's what happens in like the third Disney movie, right? Scar like Scar's youngling is born, and Simba's like, all right, I guess I'll be your. your I'm boy. sure that's like the plot of the series of the TV show they had, right? Like, yeah. And it's really his. his yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next question is: uh, What are some great fantasy mythological creatures you like from the past films? Todd has released the Kraken, so I guess he's talking about uh, Liam Neeson again. Um, Justin has Neverending Story. Uh, Jimmy D has Hellboy, Medusa, and Clash of the Titans. Irene has Toothless. Excuse me. Alan has the Kraken, the Scorpion King, King Kong, and Godzilla. And lastly, Christopher has Pegasus from Clash of the Titans, the Unicorn and the Last Unicorn, Dragon that had a training dragon, Dragonheart, and Dragon Slayer. Oh, Dragon Slayer, featuring Dra- uh, Janusz from Ghostbusters 2. Oh yeah. Um, what are some what are some other ones? Any other? Uh, probably the girl with the dragon tattoo. I mean, that's a. <laughs> it's gotta be one. Uh. Any others coming to mind? No, I mean the, the... mythological creatures. I mean, there's Pegasus from Hercules, the Disney one. There you go. Oh yeah, he can go the distance. I'll take the. <laughs> I'll take the uh, the big Cyclops from uh, 
Jason and the Argonauts. There's a big old. I was gonna say a lot of Jason and the Argonauts type like stop motion. Yeah, yeah, that one. Who's that? Who's that? Who's the animator? Uh, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, a lot of the Harryhausen like stop animated creatures are yeah. pretty. All right. Next question. <laughs> what are some great father son movies? Oh. Jeff has Jeff has The Empire Strikes Back. Gets all of his end. Nippon has The Road. It was a damn good movie. Great book. Justin writes, well, Back to the Future would be my pick. Also, Pursuit of Happiness and Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Nippon chimes in again with The Lion King Frequency and He Got Game. Ooh. Alan Aguilera has Ransom, specifically the gift that says, give me back my son. <laughs> Man, that was a, a great father son movie. I mean, one recently that we talked about, um, Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Nebraska. Oh, Wow. I haven't thought about that movie in a while, but that's a great movie. I really like that movie a lot. Yeah. It it, it made the, the – it's in the 90 through 100 tier on my top 100 of the decade <laughs> list. <laughs> so there you go. Wow, nice. I thought uh, the Aquaman had a good father-son thing going on. Oh, Django Fett? Yeah. <laughs> Django Fett? Yeah, Django Fett is his father, Tamara yeah. Morrison. That's very true, yeah. He's also the father of Moana. Yeah. Is he really? He gets yeah, around. He's he's the father of like a lot of things. I mean, just call him Abraham, father of many. <laughs> this, you the father of many? That's uh, that's what my name is after. <laughs> uh, but I am not. I am not personally. You're father uh, of nothing. Father of none. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next question is: What are some great movies about a race against time? Justin has Predestination. Nice. Again, Back to the Future. Uh, Endgame. The Chris's the Chris's case of Benjamin Button. Well, because of Aaron. Yeah, uh, because add- as as we all know, <laughs> as they yeah. were getting older, he was getting younger. He's getting younger, yeah. Um, <laughs> then he also continues with All I Twelve Monkeys and The Terminator. Uh, friend of the show, Brian E. White writes Birds of Prey. Todd writes Run Little Run, and Alan has High Noon and Ocean's Twelve. Anything about Race Against Time? Race Against Time movies? I don't know. Um, I like that predestination mm-hmm. one. No, that's <laughs> like that's clever. Um, what about Frozen? She's gonna die. Yeah, it's sure. against time. Back to the Future Two. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta get out of that alternate timeline. Uh, part Two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, if they have Part Three on Netflix, they don't have Part Two or Part One. So I watched Part Three on Netflix. Anyway, That's weird. All right, next one. <laughs> what are some great movies featuring cows? Todd writes Twister, City Slickers, and Top Secret. Alan Aguilera has Tommy Boy. Luke Thompson, friend of the show, has Twister. And Justin has City Slickers. They give birth to a cow on screen. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are great movies featuring cows. I mean, I guess I'd add in... Um, hmm. Kung Pao? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, a cow? That movie, I stopped that movie halfway through. I just couldn't finish that movie. That's one of the, the few movies I've ever stopped. Then maybe don't say that's an answer to the question of great movies <laughs> featuring cows. <laughs> so what I can think of off the top of my head. Because I also yeah. am I, not a fan of Kung Pao. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three Kings. They have cows in that movie? Yeah, a cow blows up in a mine. Oh, jeez. I knew something. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah. David? Um, not definitely not home on the range. But <laughs> it's the only cow movie I can really think of. All right, but uh, ooh, being on. So my 
It's one of my favorite jokes there. Thank you. What's your favorite Ben Affleck performance? Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, has Changing Lanes. Alan has Dogma. Christopher has Batman v Superman. Scott has Chasing Amy. Cindy has Batman v Superman. Todd has Chasing Amy. Justin has Chasing Amy. Bounce, Argo, Goodwill Hunting, and Reindeer Games. And Catherine has Gone Girl. Gone Girl is a great call. I would definitely just say that to me, Ben Affleck probably it really is his character in Goodwill Hunting. Okay. <laughs> he just seems like that guy and a guy. Daredevil. Oh. <laughs> a blind lawyer. Got it. Um, I, do, I do go to bat for Changing Lanes because that's just a good movie. Um, I it's think Gone, Gone Girl is one of the like best casting choices you could have made. Um, it's perfectly fitting. And I do think he's very good in the town. I think he, I think I think the town works really well for him. Yeah, he's really good on the town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Aaron, you want to finish up this last question here? Yeah. What are your favorite films featuring a known actor taking on a role of a coach in an underdog story? Uh, Mark Pace's friend of the show has Remember the Titans. Alan has Miracle. Christopher has The Replacements, Gridiron Gang, The Program, Mystery Alaska, Moneyball, Blue Chips, The Longest Yard, the original, and yeah. Justin has the Mighty Ducks. Todd has Rocky, underdog story. Yes, known actor Burgess Meredith as the coach, Mikey, Mickey. Uh, and Richard has the Bad News Bears. So are a lot of great answers. So nothing really to add. I mean, Moneyball is a great answer. Yeah. Although he's not a coach, he's a general manager. Yeah, yeah. Nipics. Uh, let's move to questions that the audience asked us. Richard asked everybody here on the panel today, do you think coronavirus will drive down theater attendance, and what could be the ripple effect of that? Also, could this possibly drive streaming subscriptions up with people staying or working from home. I, uh, yes. It's I, already happening in LA, isn't it? Like, aren't, aren't you guys getting press uh, notifications like, hey, there watch be, out for this and, and the, we're going to cut some stuff off. There have been no press screenings that have been canceled because of coronavirus. Um, Yet. Well, well, I'm just saying it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it will drive down theater attendance? Uh, it's a possibility, but it hasn't shown itself to be the case as of yet. Um, we'll just have to see what happens. Um the second part of that question, yes. I mean, if people are at home, uh, if that's especially in areas where there are like things being closed down or whatnot, I don't see a reason why there wouldn't be, uh, you know, a, a, a drive up in terms of streaming subscriptions or use of the services or what have you. The stocks would be rising in that matter. Um, I know Netflix also is up, Netflix is up in that case, despite the fact that everything's been going down in recent weeks. <laughs> Netflix, Netflix is like and on a daily basis. They've been actually going up a little bit. Wouldn't be surprised if Disney Plus is on the up and up with uh, seven dollars per month. Um, but also uh, out now PSA: wash your hands. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just good life advice. <laughs> wash your hands for 20 to 30 seconds and uh, don't touch your face. All right. Yeah. Well, that was out now PSA. Thanks. And that was out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. All right. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get let's start wrapping things up here. Let's do a little out now since it's out now. These are movies that are coming out on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, and all that stuff. Uh, first up here on uh, home release this week. Uh, feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them. Uncut Gems is out this week. That's a, I heard it was a, great. It's a big well because it's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> the best. <laughs> like, there you go. Um, Bombshells out this week. I heard Boo. it was not great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie's Angels is out this week. I heard it was okay. And uh, Spies in Disguise is out this week. Aaron says it's one of the best Will Smith movies vehicles in, in the past couple of years. 
did I say that? I mean, I'm trying to think. Nah, just... like, well, thinking out loud, because I like the movie, but thinking thinking about that statement out loud, I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, it kind of is one of the no, best you, you've said that it's a, it's, You've said that it's an interesting watch. It is. Cause, well, it's good, for one thing, but also, I'm thinking, of, thinking of Will Smith movies in the past few years, kind of is one of the best ones as far as what he's done. <laughs> trying things. Uh, let's see, also out there, the Ten Commandments, uh, new edition that has both the... Uh, the DeMille version from 56 and the silent version for 20 for 1923 on there. So Interesting. Ten okay. uh, let's see on criterion. You have salesman on shout factory. You have mast anonymous, that Bob Dylan movie that is not very good from what I recall, but okay. And uh, let's see on 4k, both versions of beauty and the beast are now on 4k. So there you go. Interesting. Uh, new to streaming this week, got a few things here. Castlevania Season 3, I like this show. I'm a fan of this animated series of Castlevania. It's, okay. it's quite good. Um, Spencer Confidential, we already talked about, which I think is not very good. Uh, Ugly Delicious Season 2, for fans of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Maron has a new comedy special, End of End Times Fun, for Mark Maron fans, and his stand-up. Hmm. And uh, On My Block Season 3, it's a solid coming-of-age show that's on netflix it's got mm-hmm. third season so there you go good job i'm prime this week something called zero 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 with gabriel byrne is out there so interesting yeah, yeah. there's no spaces it's just called zero 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 like all right, together right. which is i forget i forget the premise of it but... i i think it involves spies or something I, I yeah it's like some it's amazon prime's version of i forget what other show but in any case but nailed it um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is not tv with aaron and Abe. <laughs> Well, that's how now presents out. Now, uh, next week's show. Next week we have uh, we got Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Oh boy, that's right. How much do you think Vin Diesel wanted to be in Onward? He's like, you know, I love fantasy, I love D and D, and yet, you know, they didn't cast me as as the Barley voice. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> sure he was one of the first people that called Disney. Like, what? You didn't cast me in a D and D based Pixar movie? Like, this exactly. is my jam. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what he did. We'll find out he voiced like something at some point. Like he voiced he voiced one of the trees. Like a snarling unicorn. <laughs> Getting that Disney bucks. That's right. He's on the contract. Yeah. Him and Wilder Bloomer Valderrama. Um all right. Last thing we do here. What should people go and see in theaters right now and what do you plan to see next? David, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh I'm still saying onward. All right. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna see next? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Move whatever, on. whatever we tell you to go watch for the next podcast. <laughs> I really, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, onward just came out. I, I don't know. You gonna see Mulan? Oh yeah, that's soon. Yeah, I'll that's, see Mulan. That's like end of the month. It's still coming. This is true. Fair. Yeah. Hey, what you people see in theaters? I definitely recommend uh, Onward as well. And if you haven't seen uh, any of the, the small movies that we talked about, like Portrait of Lady on Fire. Check that out if you have time. Um, next is going to be The Hunt. I'm very curious about that. And also Bloodshot. Yeah, uh, all, all of that. And yeah, Invisible Man is pretty great. See that? First Cow, I think, is really good as well. And uh, The Way Back deserves more audiences than it's getting so far. So yeah, go see that in theaters. And yeah, yeah I am seeing The Hunt and Bloodshot. Maybe we'll do both of those next. We'll talk We'll talk about it. Like, yeah. yeah cause it, that, I am curious about that one as well, um, especially because I know it's going to be nowhere near anything that made it controversial to begin with, but whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, got all that. Uh, all right. With all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there as well as 
on uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com, or I'm writing weekly movie reviews as well as covering The Walking Dead and uh, Why So Blue for Blu-ray reviews. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mula, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose. Hashtag, the map is on the kids' menu. <laughs> uh, David, yeah, where can people find more of you online? Um, AndorExpress.net on the web and AndorExpress on Instagram. I have way other Instagrams, but uh, they could start there. All right. You can find all the other episodes about now with their name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. HHWLOD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Write on our wall, subscribe to us at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And be sure to take in all the photos and random stories I put up over at Instagram at instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. David, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, David. Oh, you're welcome. And yeah, until next week, we'll see what happens then. But until then, so long. And onward. to give you guys this when you guys are both over 16 that's my julia louis dreyfus <laughs> pretty good right it's pretty good <laughs> now do your I... do your now do your wilmer valderrama yeah he's that he's general he's general exposition he comes in he's like kid guess what i got some plot to tell you and then he sits down with his with with, with ian and um, why are you calling him ian <laughs> is this like ian zerling from beverly hills 90210 yeah, exactly that yeah <laughs> the Mighty Ducks, Ian Zerling. Uh, what he, what he, he's not in Mighty Ducks. Um, he's the voice character in the cartoon series. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I dedicated <laughs> voice character right. for the Mighty Ducks like you are. <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah, now. I, can, I, I was okay, hearing yeah. you the whole time. Oh, because time. David was talking about the the Simpsons show, and then you cut over him, and I was like, Yeah, oh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron just kept on going. Yeah, Aaron just kept going, and I was like, Aaron wouldn't do that. So I definitely knew that there was an issue there. But Aaron, David was talking about the Simpsons short. He has to see it again because he didn't see the Simpsons short. Oh yeah, I didn't see the Simpsons short. Yeah, no, I, w- I would have liked to see that too, but I'll probably see it on Disney Plus at some point. Um, all right, Wait, let's run it back real quick. Wait, so did you see it? No, I, I did. I see saw, the Simpsons oh, oh, you did. No, I was okay. talking to, yeah. I was talking to it. It's, God, sorry. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not a bad Simpsons short, but you know, it's it's one that you can um, if they if they show it on Disney Plus or whatever the case is, it's totally fine to see it there too. It wasn't as though it knocked my socks off. Was it weird to see Simpsons in front of Pixar? It is because they do a little logo of the mouse and then they, they zoom in and you realize what it is and you're just like, oh, the Simpsons are, I guess, now Disney. So it's <laughs> it's very fascinating to see that. And you know how the end when they have the Gracie films and the woman is telling you to shush? Yeah. Uh, there's also a Mickey Mouse in the in, in the seat. And so it's very weird to see that. But, yeah, the, the short <laughs> itself is, is fine. Well, they don't okay. have fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
All right. Cool. Fit her in a Slytherin. <laughs>